you did so much work to try to get this to work. I mean, you had to go through, what, three pairs of headphones, two computers. Uh, you ordered a webcam that you're not even using now. So yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's been a journey, but... I'm glad we were able to get it done. Welcome to the Highly Leveraged Podcast, interviewing landlords and industry professionals to help you start and continue to scale your rental income portfolio. Here's your host, Dave Rosa. What's up? I got a guest with me this week, so don't worry. I won't just be sitting here droning on and on to myself. Uh, Dan Rice, he actually got his start by listening to podcasts. Yeah, you heard that. Podcasts. Go subscribe. Highly leveraged. He's out of upstate New York, Dan Rice. All right. So now that we're finally here, we finally got this down. Took a little while. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell me how you got started. I know you started listening to um, Get Rich Education with Keith Weinhold, but how did you, what made you go find that podcast and start getting into this? So I, you know, started my own business about two and a half years ago. I went out on my own in the same field I was working in, but just doing my own thing. So I started an LLC and uh, it was just looking for something else. You know, the had read Robert Kiyosaki book, Cashflow Quadrant. And, you know, they just talk a lot in there about, you know, if, if you're, if you're not figuring, if you don't figure out a way to get paid while you sleep, you're going to work till you die kind of thing. So that was, you know, stuff like that just stuck with me and resonated with me. And, so yeah, I found uh, Keith Weinhold's uh, Get Rich Education podcast, and then Bigger Pockets. Not long after that, just started you know listening to those guys talking about equity, appreciation, leverage, those concepts. Just uh, over a couple of years, really started to sink in, and I started to understand and appreciate how that stuff could just change my life and change my financial situation. So you got two properties now with four doors. Did you have to talk the wife into it at all? Did that take some time or was she on board and trusted you? She was pretty much on board from the start. One thing I can say about my wife is she has ultimate faith in me, which definitely, you know, that's a huge part of it. My success is largely because of her belief in me and supporting me. And, uh, you know, even with the business, you know, when I was talking about going out on my own, as scary as that was, she goes, I have no doubt you're going to crush it you're not going to fail. You're not the guy that fails. So that helps a lot, you know, just had she taken the other stance and said, Oh God, I don't know. Now, how involved is she in it? Is she doing anything or just helping you on the side? Um, mostly moral support. Yeah. You know, she, she would be more involved if I asked her to be, but for the most part, um, I'm handling it. I would say as I scale, there's going to come a time probably where she's going to have to have a, a larger role for now. It's, it's mostly me, but I mean, you know, we have a 10 month old right now, so she's, you know, a lot of the times, right. A lot of the time, the, the most help she can give me is allowing me an hour to dedicate to whatever task it is at hand, you know, regarding the, the business or the real estate. All right. So you have a three family up where you're living up uh, just North of Albany, New York, and you got brand new house you just bought in Florida. So you bought them, what, the both, both the same week or they were right around each other, right? So I signed a construction contract on the property in Florida. Uh, I believe it was August of 2020. So the middle of COVID and it took, that was supposed to be done. Maybe it was earlier than that. I don't know. It was supposed to be done right around uh, November, 2020. But with construction delays and everything, it ended up, I closed on both of them on consecutive days in, uh, it was the last day of March this year and uh, first day of April, 2021. 
No kidding. Yeah. So that was through Re- Realty Medics. Uh, yeah. The the property in Florida was Realty Medics. Um, so I heard, and they, and they built a them. brand new house for you right in an infill lot in an existing neighborhood, and it's brand new for you. Yeah, right down. So I I picked the Ocala neighborhood. Um, Ocala. That's how they say it down there. Yeah, just you know, nice lot, nice nice neighborhood. It's built right next to a beautiful house. It's definitely not the the biggest nicest house on the street, which you know is what you go for. It's it's a beautiful house, but there's definitely room to appreciate. And, and is that um, a three bedroom, two bath? Yes, one yeah, bath? yeah. So three bed, two bath, two full, uh, yeah, two full garage. Now, um, how was that process? You said you had to give them five thousand dollars up front, and then you basically just sat back until closing day. Yeah, which is. I mean, they take on an incredible amount of risk doing it that way, uh, especially with COVID. Like material prices skyrocketed. Probably didn't make a dollar on uh, on that building. It would be my guess, you know. Um, and actually, ironically, now I was just cruising through their uh, their website the other day to see what kind of inventory they have. So for the same unit that I purchased uh, last year, it's now thirty thousand dollars more, and also. It's uh, cash buyers only. They aren't financing the construction anymore. Yeah. So, so backed up. They don't, so, they don't need to. Yeah. Right. Big change there. I just snuck in under the wire and really, I mean, really made out. Like I literally, the day I signed the paperwork, $30,000 in equity went straight into my pocket. So they. So what, yeah, was, what was the process as far as like updating you and communication throughout the whole thing? Because you never went down there, right? You You never went to look at the house physically. Uh, correct. Yeah. I just, I had pictures along the way as they were building it or yep. They, uh, you know, there's kind of a portal where they, they do picture updates. They had, uh, like an inspection for the bank. So they took pictures. So I got to see those pictures and the, you know, the original scheduled date on that was like, I think it was supposed to be the, the final construction date. Literally like the foundation had been poured. Just it was a slab with some plumbing coming through it. That's how far behind they were on the schedule. Just w- with the COVID uh, lack of materials and they maybe labor too. Who knows? Now this w- they already set you up with the property management group down there and put someone in there. Was that right away, or you had to wait a month or so? So that is, they have their own. It's not their own. It's kind of a uh, sister company, uh, the Realty. Doctors does the new does the construction, and then Realty Medics is their sister company. That's the the property manager. They're you know they're they're big. It's the guy who runs it. I guess is a former NASA employee, engineer kind of guy. It's done well, but you don't have to go with them. You can you can use someone else if you want. They kind of they throw a perk in there that if you do use them or at least when I did it, they may have changed since that they do a free upgrade on your kitchen countertops to a solid surface. So, you know, nice little perk to go with them. Yeah. Um, And I figured, you know, why not? We'll give them a shot and see how it goes. And so far they've done a great job. And what are they charging you? Is it a percentage, 8%, 9%, something like that? Yeah, you can do, they have different plans, eight, nine or 10%. Basically the difference there is the, uh, the tenant, acquisition fee essentially is a little higher if you go with the loper you know the eight percent is like a maybe a fifteen hundred dollar tenant finder fee and then the ten percent is like a 750 tenant finder fee it also i i did the math on it it literally works out within a couple hundred bucks over the long term 
right. no matter how you slice it, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you're hoping to not have any issues, no maintenance problems if everything's brand new. So did they give you a warranty on anything, like the HVAC system or anything like uh, that? Uh, yeah, so you got your standard uh, Florida, I believe it's a state of Florida warranty, which I believe is a 210 warranty, so two years on craftsmanship, essentially, and right. then uh, 10 years on structural. And then whatever, you know, the kind of manufacturer's warranty on uh, HVAC and that kind of stuff. And they're renting it out for fourteen fifty, you said. Yep. Yeah, yep. fourteen fifty, and they, you know, so they they take the security deposit, that kind of stuff, as mm-hmm. well. Um, they handle all that. Yeah, it's pretty hands off. That's awesome. So you said you're cash flowing around four hundred and fifty five bucks a month, not including any vacancy or anything like that. So that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, all in. You know, my I'm paying one hundred and fifty bucks a month for the uh, the property management. So I've got yeah four fifty left over is kind of my my gross monthly cash flow off that right now. So I know it's only been a couple months, but everything seems to be working out great. Would you go with them again in the future? I'll, I mean, I was back on their website looking to see what else they had right. for sale. So yeah, I guess I have to say I would. Yeah, you that's know. pretty good because I mean I think everyone's really kind of afraid of those things. You hear it and it sounds too good to be true, and it's yeah. so hands off. Right, and uh, you know, and we'll see. The the proof is in the pudding. Ten years down the road. Who knows, you know, but I don't necessarily plan on hanging on to it for 10 years. It seems like five to seven years is kind of the sweet spot to unload these things and get into the next one. All right. So up in your area, you got a three family, which I'm assuming this is a lot older property. Uh, How did you find that? How did you get into this one? Yeah, so it is, I think it's a 1920s construction. And this was uh, just a, a word of mouth. A friend of a friend is a tenant there. The the owners were looking to unload the building. So they reached out to me and said, Hey, guy that owns my place is looking to sell it. I know you're looking. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it happened fast. Thankfully I was in a position to, to catch, to have first crack at it and, and make a deal. So now, yeah. Was, it, was there any work that needed to be done to that? Was all the tenants were already in there? It was just kind of, you just took over. Yeah. So, uh, in a couple of years ago, they had a fire, you know, cosmetic fire inside, but there's smoke and water damage. So they had, you know, gotten a pretty decent amount of uh, work done, paid for by the insurance company. The the building's in great shape for the year that it is. You know, it could use some siding just to make it look a little nicer. But as far as functionality, it's it's a rock solid building. What are the units comprised of there? You got two bedroom units, three bedroom. Yeah, units? so they're all two bed, one bath. And now, when those people move out, is there going to be a lot of stuff that you need to update, or is it kind of in pretty? No, they they updated all of them, and then you know the unit that had the fire is all new. The other two units are really nice, other than maybe a little paint. There's one, you know, one countertop. I might slap some solid surface in just to kind of make the unit a little nicer, but that's about it. And did you take over their current their current leases, or is it month to month on all of them? Uh, so two of them had year long leases in place. So I took those over and then the one unit is a, a month to month, which, is, you know, it is what it is, but that's the guy I know, the friend of a friend. So I, I'm kind of not that worried about it. Now, but, how far, how far is that from you? Are you doing any of the maintenance? Are you calling yeah, someone when there's something going on? No, so far I've handled all the maintenance. It hasn't needed much so far. So, it, you know, it's going okay. And I just intend to do the maintenance for now. So you're fully managing it yourself. Are you using yep. any anything, uh, any of the online software? You're just doing a spreadsheet? Uh, yeah, I'm just spreadsheet so far. I haven't dove into any of those different programs, but 
there's definitely, you know, like bigger pockets advertises a few different ones that I'm starting to look at. You know, probably if I get another triplex or something, it's going to be at the point where it would be nice to have some software. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As you get up there, are you are you uh, using any of that software now? Uh, we did we did get Landlord Studio. Uh, okay. I wouldn't say that I'm in it enough to know whether I like it or not. I mean, okay. I'm getting kind of lazy with it. I, I need yeah. to I need to stop putting stuff in like stack of papers that i got to put into the thing but yeah it is very cool that you can t- you can use it on your phone you can take pictures of the receipts and it uploads it right up there and you can put in nice. it's uh it's electric bill or an oil bill or whatever it might be yeah. so as far as that uh, that three unit are you is it heat are you paying a boiler fee for oil or propane or anything or are they all all the tenants responsible for that so there's uh one unit that is that i pay for that has the the boiler or it's a force hot air actually, and all the other units are on just electric heat. So those oh, get built okay. straight to the tenant, and then really? so like because there's kind of a common area, so that the electricity and the heat kind of come from the common area into one unit, and then the other two are on their own. Right. So how do you collect the money? Do you go there and collect it yourself? Do they send you a check? That's yeah. straight to your bank. Initially, they were uh, just putting their they're rent in a box, you know, some were paying cash, some were paying check. And I, I don't know. I just, I didn't like that system very much. So I got them all switched over to Venmo. So it just goes straight to my phone, straight to my bank account. You know. Has that been pretty seamless? Or are they trying to take advantage of the new guy paying a little bit late? Uh, no, they, one of them was like, Hey, I, I usually pay first Thursday of the month or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's pay on the first of the month. That's, you know, that, yeah, that's how it that, works you gotta nip that in the bud early because yeah, right. they'll be they'll be taking advantage of that yeah I so it's an experience right <laughs> yeah right, right. It, you know it's just human nature so you gotta try to nip that in the bud and it, yeah. inheriting all the contracts like I, i'm the kind of guy i like to have everything black and white just written down so there's a nice easy reference if there's ever a question so it's i'm a little out of my comfort zone having it just kind of be these handshake or somebody else's contract not very detailed but well you know so as i bring new tenants in i'll get them on definitely a more specific contract do you do these people know where you live or do you keep that private from them do you have do they have your phone number to use like a google voice number or something like that they all have my phone number yeah Mm. they you know the one guy who's a friend of a friend obviously knows where i live the other two i don't think they do but i you know at the size i'm at now i'm not concerned about it but i would say someday as it continues to grow i'll probably try to have more anonymity. Now you don't have any of these in an LLC right now, do you? I don't, but it's probably, that's something I need to look into and that, you know, I I intend to grow. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen here sooner than later. Is that something you've, uh, no, nah, I looked into it. It's it's a, it looked pretty involved, so I haven't done that yet. But what we did is we just got an umbrella insurance policy that goes over all of the individual policies for okay. I think that one's three million dollars. Yeah. So I think we have a million on the regular policy, and then we have an umbrella that goes over it for another three million in addition to that. So okay, that's the way we're doing it for now. Yeah, I think they structured that a little different in New Hampshire. I know in New York, like I'm getting killed on uh, insurance here on that oh, yeah? triplex. Yeah, it's brutal. How much? Um, You're talking over two thousand dollars a year? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just over, but still compared. You know, the the place in Florida is two hundred and fifty bucks for the year, and then really wow. Yeah, you know, for brand new construction for uh, thirteen hundred and fifty square foot place, 
versus, you know, here in New York, yeah, it's a three unit, but it's like 2,500 square feet. So not even twice as big. And the, the monthly payment is almost as much as my yearly payment. So I know you're pretty much inland there. Is there any uh, hurricane issues there or are you inland enough that it's not, it's not really going to be an issue for that house to get hit by hurricane? Yeah, that's inland far enough. I'm not worried about it. That's all. I mean, it's all block construction. There are, you know, they're all hurricane rated. What a, you know, Florida state, uh, building code is pretty strict as it is for new construction, given their history with hurricanes. So it's all, you know, they build them right down there. All right. So what's your next plan? You said you were looking at Florida. Are you still looking for multifamilies in your area or maybe a single family home in your area? Or are you just kind of up in the air right now? I mean, I'm, I look every day, you know, I scan Zillow every day, but it's like, I've, I've gone and looked at a bunch, you know, I've got a realtor here locally that knows what I'm looking for. And we've gone and looked at a bunch together and nothing ever has quite panned out off of Zillow. Yeah. I mean, I continuously looking, I'm definitely looking in Florida. You know, I, I do, I, I like that the product down in Florida through Realty Medics, the price has obviously gone up quite a bit though. You know, the, the margins are just smaller. It seems to be the story of real estate right now is everybody's working on a tighter and tighter margin. So I got that. There's, I, I think I'm going to jump just because I've got some capital I'm looking to deploy. Uh, there's a syndication opportunity that I'm jumping on, get my money working for me, you know? Yeah. Where'd you find that? Did you find that from listening to podcasts or bigger pockets? Uh, this was actually, I, I think again, it was uh, GRE, Keith Weinhold's podcast. He's got that relationship with, freedom real estate out in ohio oh yes i did listen to that one yeah yeah so i did uh last year i did a hard money loan for them for just a single family flip so i just got my cash back out of that that, that, tell me about that how did that work did they give you a certain amount of time they're going to hold it for nine months and then you get your money back essentially yeah so it's a uh you know just, just a hard money there's they they had found uh a property that needed to be fixed up for a good price. They said, we think our all in, you know, to purchase it and then rehab X amount of dollars, you wire them X amount of dollars. They go through, they fix it up, put it on the market. They just sold it. So I get, you know, 10% for they, they, they uh, calculate it daily and uh, you know, 10% on your money. And it's all, you know, the titles in my name, you get, you know, you actually get the title in your name, they do the work on it. So it's essentially backed by real estate. So if anything goes wrong, you at least get the real estate out of it. You could get burned if something goes wrong early in the process. And you just, you know, you spend the price to fix it up, and they don't fix it up. So what happened with that one? Did they update you? Or were you yeah, just kind yeah. of left they no, no, you, pictures and stuff as well. They, they're great. Uh, they they didn't do pictures. They probably would if you wanted them to. You know, maybe I'm a little too trusting, but they they had a great reputation. I looked into it. Um, plenty of references, so I wasn't really that concerned about it. And it wasn't an astronomical amount of money, so I just kind of let that one go on autopilot. And they send you a monthly update. They're really good. A couple times I did have questions. I mean, they get right back to you. Any questions you have. And at the end of the day, if something went sideways, you end up with a piece of real estate in Ohio and you're not left with nothing. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I mean, my yeah. anxiety, if I didn't hear from them for a few weeks, I'd be like, oh my God, what'd they do? Did they run away with my money? Are yeah. they down in the Cayman Islands or something? So- right. And if, I mean, I, I did quite a bit of research on them before I sent any money their way. They are a reputable organization. Like I said, I just got a wire back 
with my original funds plus the the interest on it. So they're actually they're doing a syndication now with a bigger organization on a it's like a 350 unit down in Daytona, Florida. So that's like an actual syndication. So your time frame on that's a little bit longer. It's about a five year window on that one. So I think I'm gonna just put some into that. Yeah, and, no, that's pretty good. Is there a minimum to get into that or yeah, a hundred thousand on that one. Yeah, no, that's a good deal. I have I've looked into those before, but I'm always hesitant, you know, sometimes I jump into things. Sometimes I'm a little hesitant. I didn't do all my homework on it, but that definitely sounded like a good deal in Ohio for sure. Yeah, you're right. So the turnaround in Ohio is a little shorter. You know, I think it took them about six months, maybe a little bit longer. You know, if you want to. Was there a minimum 50,000 if I remember right? Or was it a hundred thousand for them as well? Yeah. And that it's, it's less the, the, I think you can get in even, even lower. The returns a little bit lower. I think you get like 8%. Is kind of their their low bar, and then if you come in, you know, around a hundred grand, you get about ten percent over a hundred grand. I think it's like twelve percent on the on the hard money loans. On the syndication, it's a twelve percent mixed loan, so you get six percent equity and then six percent on uh, cash on cash. All right. So, what would you tell to somebody that's out there looking to get started? I mean, you you jumped into this pretty quick, buying two houses basically back to back days. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I know you did a lot of research and everything before, but what would you tell anybody out there how to get started? I would, I mean, definitely understand, you know, podcasts are a great place to get exposure to it. You know, obviously read a couple books. So basically saying subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Check out the highly leveraged podcast. There you, go. Um, you know, and just understand like when you can listen to a podcast and understand every term that is thrown out there, whether it's, you know, leverage, appreciation, equity, you know, inflation, all that stuff, leverage. Once you really grasp those concepts, you're pretty much ready, you know? And then obviously you got to find a good deal, know how to, how to look at a deal, analyze a deal, which again, isn't hard, you know, and just, and there's, there's books and podcasts specifically about analyzing deals and just make sure your cash flows where it makes sense. And do it. If you find a deal that looks good, that is good, good cash flow, do it. Now, the that first deal you had with the uh, the three unit, you said you have a real estate agent, but did you use a real estate agent for that one, or did you just kind of jump into that one without her or him? Uh, that was a private deal, you know, off market yeah. deal. So I just I called uh, a lawyer that I'd used on basically a flip that my father in law and I tackled a few years ago. And just, you know, kind of call, I sort of knew what I was doing, like just printed off a generic uh, offer form and made the offer just to get the thing, to let them know I was serious. And then called my lawyer and said, Hey, uh, can you draft me up an actual like contract here? Did you do the regular 25% down or was there any seller financing on that? uh, Yeah, on that one. So in Florida, I was able to do 20% down because it was a uh, single family. With uh, triplex, at least in New York, you have to do 25% down. And yeah, so I just, I coughed that up. It, in hindsight, if I could have done at least like a little bit of uh, kickback from the seller, you know, kind of built it into the mortgage, I would have just so there'd be, you know, there's like $10,000 in closing costs on that one. So it just hurts your ROI a little bit as far as from a cash flow standpoint, but, yeah. but you know, it's the numbers are still great on that. Just about, you know, 30% cash on cash. Pretty hard to complain about that. All right. So what, what's your business? I know you're in the auto body. 
So I do uh, paintless dent repair. You know, if you get hail damage or door dings or a shopping cart flies into your fender or whatever the case may be. Well, I don't know. You called my wife a liar and said that that <laughs> dent looks like it's a little bit bigger than a shopping cart. Yeah, man, it must have been one of those heavy-duty shopping carts. <laughs> That's all right. We're trying to get past it, but she's, she's still pissed at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so w- what's the name of your company? Precision Dent Repair is the name of my company. Precision Dent Repair. And how far how far do you go? You're around the Albany area? You're just north of Albany, you said, right? Yeah. yeah. So I basically service from Albany north to like the southern Adirondacks. And you're all mobile? You don't have yeah. an office or you don't have yeah. a garage yeah. or anything? Yeah, all mobile. I, I'm, I'm looking to expand, so I might do, I might get an office at some point, kind of have a retail outlet. But for now, it's just mobile, just me. Actually, when I lived out in Las Vegas, I had a dent in my uh, Taurus, and I pulled into a gas station, and this guy walked, it was a Friday, he walked up to me, he's like, hey, I can fix that for you for like 40 bucks or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And then uh, he came over with just a little piece of metal and just popped the thing right out, and I was like, you son of a bitch, 40 bucks for that? He yeah. just did it in two seconds. He went <laughs> in and bought some free beer for the weekend. I was yeah. like, damn. That's it. <laughs> but I've, I've been doing it for 15 years, you know? You definitely don't want to have a rookie dent guy jump on that have a couple beers go out there i'll take care of this there you go yeah man you can knock it out anybody can do it just watch a youtube video yeah all right well i appreciate you coming on and making this happen i know you jumped through a lot of hoops all right yeah to follow up on high insurance costs that dan mentioned uh he may be using a broker i don't know but i highly recommend everyone go to a broker even if it's just for your own home insurance or car insurance Uh, a couple years ago we were going with um liberty mutual and uh, they just kept going up and up and up. So we shopped around. We found our guy, Brad. But he saved us a ton of money. We're saving 270 bucks a month between the uh, four rentals, our primary home, and the two car insurance. And, uh, I mean, you're talking 2500 bucks a year. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. I put that guy on my Christmas card list. Uh, I also wanted to mention the Google number. Uh, the Google number is great. It's for free. You can go on google.com or whatever the hell. I don't know. Go find it. You don't know where Google is. You got more issues than I can help you with. But uh, you get this Google number and you can text from it. You can send pictures from it. Uh, you can make phone calls from it that it's not your phone number. Uh, you can also have it downloaded on two different devices. Um, Christine has it on hers. I have it on mine. And unfortunately, it doesn't let her know. It doesn't push notification to let her know when a text comes in. But it does come in as a phone call. And you can even put in the number, uh, the name of the tenant that calls you all the time. Stan. And uh, then you'll see when it pops up right away that you know that it's Stan. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that's a definitely, it's a free tool. And it's even good to use it for two people. And you don't have to give out your phone number at the same time. And you have a new phone number that your friends don't know you have. So you can text them and mess with them. Cause they don't think that they don't know who it is, but you know who it is and you can just totally mess with the psychological uh, well-being. It's fantastic. All right. And also an LLC versus an umbrella. I've never done an LLC for residential properties. I've done it when we started businesses before. Uh, but I, it, it is very involved as an upfront fee there's uh, yearly fees. I'm not saying it's not the better way to do it, but I'm saying that it, everything needs to be completely separated. Your bank accounts, if you have a, a charge coming out of one of your houses, you have to write out a check from that LLC's checking account. You can't mix it or uh, meddle it with any of the other accounts, or you pretty much pierced your own LLC, and there's not really much of a point. 
from what I understand. A non-attorney. Shocking. Sorry, I had to drop that on you. But what we do is we just do a umbrella insurance. So we got $1 million on each building. Then we have a $3 million insu- uh, umbrella insurance policy. It goes over it. So if it exceeds that $1 million, it goes after that $3 million. And uh, also for your primary home, I would look up in your state the homestead exemption. It varies very greatly from state to state. Some some of them you get for free. Some of them they're capped. Some of them you have to have signed up through a lawyer. Uh, but look into the homestead exempt. That is something that can also protect your your uh, primary home. All right, that's all I got for you this week. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Alexa, play the Highly Leveraged Podcast. God, she never listens. 5 a.m. every Monday morning. Get out there and get after it. Let up. Thank you for listening to the Highly Leveraged Podcast. Leave a review and subscribe to get new shows automatically downloaded every Monday morning. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Highly Leveraged Pod. And check out our website at HighlyLeveragedPod.com for more info. So you're a big ATV guy too. What do you ride? Uh, right now I've got a Sportsman 850 uh, Polaris. Great machine. I love it. But with the, the expanding family, I think I'm going to get a side-by-side. So is there any riding up in your area? You have to go far north to New Hampshire or Vermont? Or is there anything in New, uh, New York? So I belong to a club that's about an hour from my house. Um, you know, you can go put 40 miles on in a day there, which is pretty good for this area. Hard, you know. There's nowhere you can really like ride all day without doubling up on a trailer too around here. My buddies and I always go up to New Hampshire, northern New Hampshire, Coldbrook, Pittsburgh area. We'll do a long weekend up there riding. And I mean, we've done 125 miles in a day up in New Hampshire, up on the border there. That trail that runs, I think they call it like the Sea Corridor or something, runs the Canadian border. It's rare that you can do... I mean, the speed limit's 25, so we'll say we're going 25. It's rare that you can run, we'll call it wide open, an hour at a rip. But there's, I mean, there's just, it's so beautiful up there. I think we, we've seen a moose every year we go up. The lakes are pristine. We've stayed on First Connecticut Lake a few times uh, with an Airbnb, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I, you just reminded me when we went, my buddy rented one of his, and, and I, I rented one of my own. And we got, we got out of the, you know, you're listening. The guy's going through the whole thing about how everything works. You're not really listening. You're like, this thing's cool as hell. I can't wait to jump on it. Yeah. And then we, we both jump on it. We fly out into the street and, and I'm like, this thing won't go over 20 miles an hour. What the hell's going on? I'm like, this thing's broken. And I pull over. He's like, mine won't either. So we pull into an empty parking lot and we're both gunning it. And the thing's jerking at 20 miles an hour. I'm like, we got to bring this thing back. This thing's messed up. And then he was smart enough to read the thing on the dashboard that said you have to have you have to have your seatbelt in or it right. will go over twenty miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely want your seatbelt on on those. Oh, I was like, oh, I'm so glad you saw that. We would look like total dinks if we went back there. And we were like, yeah. dude, neither one of these things will go over twenty miles an hour. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> that was the first thing he told you. Was, yeah, exactly. You have I to put your seatbelt in. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just looking at this thing, going, "Oh hell yeah, I can't wait to get out there and hammer down." And I this know. guy's telling us all the important stuff. 